Welcome to the AV Podcast Games Edition. Hello and welcome to the AV Forums Gaming Podcast with me, Mark Botrite. Joining me today, Ben. Hello, Mark. Manny. Hello. And Steve. Good evening. Well, we will be discussing a peripheral from Sharkoon. We will be also having a little talk about the new Nintendo console, as well as discussing Portal 2. But to kick things off, we are going to delve into the waters of PlayStation Network. Various things have been happening this month, but I suppose the biggest thing since we've did our last podcast has to be PSN going down. Now, absolutely monumental unprecedented it seems in in the modern era of online gaming what are everyone's thoughts was it something that was always likely to happen at some point to some company have sony been just slightly unlucky or has it been one massive pr gaffe from start to finish uh well you'd have to say it is one of those things that you you would think could have probably happened to anybody um but i think the way that they've handled it has been pretty bad um i think i was I was a bit sort of miffed that they took, I think it was five days, wasn't it, to, to actually let me know that, you know, sort of part of my details had been, had been taken or, or possibly taken. And um, I don't know, it, it just seems like they've, like they've ballsed it up sort of from, from start to finish in terms of what they've, what they've leaked out to the press and what they've, what they've been honest about and what they've not been honest about. And uh, I don't know, I think people are, people are rightly sort of angry about it. They're talking now, aren't they, about uh, compensation for people. There was a, a few days ago, there was something about an identity theft protection scheme. And then in the last couple of days, I don't think I've seen anything uh, official on their site, but certainly other people have reported some sort of free game compensation, like potentially two free games out of five, I think I read, that might be on offer, but with no suggestion of what they might be, um, or whether or not that's definitely going to happen. But I think there's a, there's a period of time that will pass, at which point they've got to say, well, we need to do something now, because, you know, a week is bad. What are we on now? Eight, 18 days, is that right? 19 days? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Xbox Live did go down at one point, didn't it? For a couple of weeks? I, I don't think it's been a couple of weeks. I think the most I've ever seen it go down for is about, I think it was about 24 hours, or it might have been two days, possibly. Um, and they wasn't gave away a free game, didn't they? Wasn't there something in, like, 2007, over Christmas? Maybe it wasn't... I'm sure I sort of stumbled across it in reading about the PSN thing. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was it. I'm pretty sure it was just down for sort of sort of short periods of time over over sort of two, two, two or three days over Christmas, and they gave out, um, I think they gave out Undertow, which was a pretty pretty terrible game um, <laughs> yeah because you don't wonder with, with this um with the ps with the psn going down if they do decide to live out free games i can't imagine those five games are going to be top selling triple a titles yeah i mean what happens i mean if, if you've been buying loads of stuff from psn and you've got those five games i mean yeah that's you know that's not going to be the best thing to do is it i mean no definitely um well like you say i think that, i think they could have handled it a lot better i mean there were like five days without any word as to why it had gone down. There was just no response from Sony. People couldn't get online. They couldn't access anything. And then they just came out and said, it's been hacked and your details might have got a hold of. You know, they could have just said they definitely have rather than leaving people in wondering for days, wondering whether the credit card details have got stolen. You know, it's just it was just a complete balls up of the situation, really. I mean, it could have happened to anyone, but Sony could have definitely handled it a lot better, I think. They're going to have to do a serious amount of grovelling and pleading to get a lot of people back. So it's going to put loads of people off, and just going to go straight to Microsoft. Out the, I think. Do you think if someone was sitting there right now thinking, "Shall I get a, an Xbox or a PS3?" It would it would contribute to their decision. I think it would now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. that would overcome the fact that you'd have to pay forty pound a year for the for the gold membership. But I think they'd think Microsoft would go handle my details a lot better and. Obviously, with them being more of an established, you know, computer manufacturer, I think they might think, well, they might have better security, and you know, they'll probably handle it a lot better as well. See, the thing that the thing that gets me is that, you know, they are such, you know, it, it sounds easy to say, but a massive corporation. You know, they are one of the true kind of titans of the electronics world. But just seeing how they've handled it, it's almost like at times that they didn't have a PR department. I mean, it, there were there were promises. There's been, I mean, talk about 
they've shifted the talk to who actually hacked it as uh, you know as, as if it genuinely matters as if you know the the blame should lie elsewhere rather than you know them being the ones who left the door open it it just seems like a they don't have any solid plan on how to get out of this situation other than make kind of general promises that it'll be up i think they said it was going to be up in a day or two and then you know does anyone really have any faith that it's going to be back sooner rather than later and would you put your card on it <laughs> not anymore probably no i don't think so no you can, you can get those prepaid cards can't you i think i might have to uh might have to switch to those yeah but that's that as you say you you hit the nail on the head they've they've tried so hard to kind of differentiate themselves from the the excellent gaming service that Xbox Live offers to build this you know build up the PS3 as a multimedia hub that it's you know and that PSN is like this gateway that you've got all these different things that you know they when home came out it was supposed to you know revolutionize everything well it, it hasn't really but no. You know that they've they've yeah, they've built so much around this. I just I mean, seeing some of the quotes that it's something about a, an outdated 2007 server that they found. You know, notes in from you know some nefarious hacking group or or something like that. It it just all sounds a little bit Scooby Doo at the moment. As if they're you know the, there are all these different kind of conspiracy theories about who actually did it. But very little uh, solid information coming straight from the service provider to you know us the consumers. I mean, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm dying to play Killzone Three again. I'm not, <laughs> but um, just <laughs> but just to play Devil's Advocate. What what do you want them to be saying if they if they if it has all been a shambles on their part? You know, they've stored passwords, plain text, and all that kind of stuff. If that's the case then what's the most you can expect for them? For them to come out and say, look, we need to kind of, we need to do a, a full review of how we uh, secure our services and it's going to take as long as it takes? I mean, is that is that realistic? What what would be the ideal kind of message coming out from them if they genuinely have just been caught out? Well, I, I think to start with, it would be nice to be told straight away. I, I'd like to think that, you know, a bit like if I've dropped my wallet in the street, I want the bloke behind me to say you've dropped your wallet, not to wait around and see in case someone else may or may not pick it up and see if the, the situation resolves itself. They knew that there was a security breach. It seemed as though they were working to try and fix it um, whilst dripping out the minimal amount of information, uh, almost hoping for the best case scenario, which hasn't really come to fruition. And and at the end of the day, damn it, I want a free game. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I suppose the saving grace is that PSN is free. Is that for the huge amount? It's it's basically they're you know they haven't really lost anything significant, assuming that there there aren't going to be wide widespread cases of fraud or identity theft. That really, you know, they're, it's a, it's an extra service rather than uh, a central service. No matter how much they they build it as as core to the PlayStation's appeal, ultimately, it probably won't have a huge effect. Certainly not like say the Red Ring of Death, whereby you simply can't play any games. You know, you can still play games on the PS3. You can still do various things. The you've just had almost like it's lost a limb rather than being outright killed. I've I've everything that I've read from them I've I've taken especially after that first 5 day silence everything I've read since I've taken with a pinch of salt no matter what the tone is I think from my point of view all I want to see is the service working again um and then f for them to come out afterwards so I think it's fair that once it's all done and they they have looked at it done all their analysis and they come out afterwards and say this is exactly what happened and this is what we've done to put it right, and that this is why it's never going to happen again, then I think I'd look back on it in a better light. But while the problem's still ongoing, 
I, yeah, I don't think I've taken anything they've been saying particularly seriously, apart from when the times when they've said, oh, it'll be fixed in the next day or it's going to be fixed in the next week, only you know for us all to be let down. I guess going forward, the best thing that, that could actually sort of come out of all this is that Sony is going to be monitoring that system constantly. Um, so I, I guess it's it's probably it's probably going to be one, one of the safest places I would think. Um, but like I say, that's that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty sort of small silver lining on that uh, cloud, isn't it? I, I guess it's a small silver lining. But you know, call me naive or perhaps call it wishful thinking. But I had kind of hoped that they were monitoring it carefully all the time, anyway. Absolutely, yeah. People are massively defrauded, then it becomes a a, a huge deal. If at the end of the day, all someone's got is, you know, my email address, which, you know, you could probably find with a quick Google search or, you know, my, my address, which is, you know, known by the local Jehovah's Witnesses and given to Dixons and everyone else, you know, ultimately that, you know, that information, it's findable anyway. I mean, there's, it's not going to take, you know, a hacker breaking into the CIA to find out, you know, what my mother's maiden name is or something like that, is it? No, it's the passwords as well, though, I think. Um, you know, there's quite a lot of people that use the same passwords for multiple services. So if they've got your email address and your PSN password, they, there'd be a fair number of people where they, they would be able to access that person's emails as well and potentially other services too. But then they've only got themselves to blame. They always oh, say, yeah, yeah, yeah. choose a unique password. But <laughs> dear. <laughs> no, no chance. I assume the silence means no. <laughs> For the record, if anyone has my details, yes, all of my passwords are unique. <laughs> and if I anyone's got my credit says. card, my credit card details, go for your life because you're not going to let anything out. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, you'd probably be able to fit about seven quid on mine, so crack yeah. on. Go <laughs> buy flour, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I take it then from everyone's tone, ultimately, as much as this is a big PR gaffe and it's been probably poorly handled, it's it's not going to massively uh, derail the huge kind of juggernaut train that is the PlayStation brand, is it? I think I, I think it it really it, it's it stands what happens over the next two or three months and and how much mainstream coverage it, it gets. Um, I I don't think it will, but I think there is there's definitely definitely a chance that it could it could turn into something huge. Um, I don't think we'll we'll be able to find out though until we get all of those details. Um, you know, figure out what's been taken and what's what's been done with it basically. Um, but yeah, I it think, is. Sorry, yeah, it is funny though that you 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 know you mentioned mainstream coverage because this does seem to be a a, a theme with with a lot of kind of gaming, which is it doesn't tend to get any real coverage unless something negative happens. I mean, I I can't tell you the amount of things that I've seen about gaming on the BBC site or, or anything like that from a reputable news source. Maybe you'll see half a dozen articles a year, and that's, you know, one of them will certainly be a new console, but it will almost always be picked up when something bad like this happens. I was just going to say, I think with any new medium, and video games are still relatively speaking new, um, there's always the kind of the common perception is always quite negative. I think that's all that's just been the way it has been forever. And I think that if you can get a story about um, kids being led astray by whatever it is, or um, uh, or something bad like this Sony story happening to everyone. That's just where the news is. Until it becomes part of proper mainstream culture and accepted as part of proper mainstream culture by the media, these would be the only stories that they'd want to run with. We always see something about like a new Grand Theft Auto leads kids to rape people, steal cars and punch random people in the face, doesn't it? I mean, it's just... Oh, to pick up bad, it's... You never, like Matt says, you're never going to say up positive about games saying it's going to make people get better GCSEs and A-levels. It's always... Soon as something bad happens, they all jump on the same bandwagon, don't they? It's just, it's just nature at beast. They all just, they all follow one another, really, don't they? Yeah, sad but true that ultimately it seems though Sony's boob will go down or have wide-reaching ramifications from various news networks. But I think as much as the ire of gamers seems to be, you know, very much up at the moment and and pointed towards Sony. 
if people get a free game out of that, I think I think all's going to be forgotten. You know, when you consider there's there's a huge amount of those, however many seventy seven million, who probably have never bothered sticking on a, a credit card, on PSN or you know don't really bother with that side of it. And the fact that we've we've had no major case of fraud so far, it, it seems like something that that probably will blow over, and I think rightly so. So, as much as we've given Sony a bit of a kicking over this, I I think, you know. A little bit of restraints called for and um well we should all get our free game <laughs> right from one major news story about a, a an online gaffe to another major news story about a new console and from a from sony we move on to nintendo i'm assuming everyone here has done their reading up on project cafe yep indeed yep good well the announcement was probably quite similarly to, to Sony's, although in a more positive light, it was um, slow to come out following leaks and various interviews where everyone was tight-lipped, where I think even Shigeru Miyamoto tried his best to, to fend off all comers with, with their probing questions. But ultimately, I think when was it? Um, April 25th, was it? Announced finally that, in fact... All the rumours were true and that we would be getting a new Nintendo console. Dubbed Project Cafe, or or if you want, Wii 2, should be shown at this year's E3 between June 7th and 9th. And I'm assuming everyone is suitably excited. Or not. That's one, that's one way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> not a big fan then, Steve? No. Considering I saw my Wii that it sat there for six months not getting used, then uh, you could say that. It's... But this will be completely different to a Wii. This will have <laughs> HD graphics Sorry. and it will be possibly, you know, as good as or, or better graphics uh, processing power than PS3 and 360. It won't it's, be another Wii. It's got to be better, isn't it, if it's, if it's coming out now. It's, it's, uh, it's Surely it, it has to be better than the, those two. You'd think. Well, it does actually, yeah, in a in a way. But there again, I suppose Nintendo's business model has shown that that's not always the case. Yeah, true. I mean, you know, there, there's much heated debate on various internet forums about whether the the 3DS's Pika 200 Lite GPU is it better or worse than the PSP's? Is it about equal? So I suppose, what's the best we can we can hope for? Will it be better or as good as I suppose any Nintendo fan would take, wouldn't they? As good as PS3 or 360. If you had Mario, if you had Zelda, HD graphics. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense as well because I mean, any, any game that's coming out on 360 and PS3 in the next sort of two three years can be easily ported to it as well. So, in terms of uh, in terms of getting their getting their biggest problem solved, which was which was software, really. Um, that would probably be the best way to go, you'd think. Something of sort of similar power. I don't believe a word about this new remote that's supposed to be coming with it, though. The touch screen. They're supposed to feature a built-in HD screen on the remote. Yeah. See, now that's the thing that... Sorry, Steve, but that's the thing that's got me more excited than anything else. Because I, I don't know about anyone else, but I, I always mourned slightly the loss of the Dreamcast and its VMU. I always thought it, you know, it could have been expanded upon a little more. This idea that you had a little screen in your controller—it was a great thing, but that just no games used it, did they? I remember sort of two or three games that used that, and uh, yeah, it just just sort of died. But it, it was it was a pretty cool thing, I thought. I mean, Sonic Sonic Adventures, you know, you yeah, could get your little KOs. I maxed mine out, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know anyone who had another one that I could fight it against. So ultimately, those are some hours of my life that I'm never getting back. <laughs> playing, I mean, it on a, playing it on a 10 by 10 monochrome screen. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was hours of fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, a, a screen in the controller, I mean, I'm assuming perhaps there'll be you know some element of portability to the controller itself. Would that be something that would appeal? What, what function is it going to serve though? Because surely it can't be... Any bigger than sort of two inch by two inch. So what? I mean, you can't really do much with a screen that size, are you? I mean, unless you're going to have basically build a D- DSI, you know, remote around the thing. But it, I, 
I can't see what it's going to add to a game, to be honest with you. I can't see what, what's going to make you want to press the touchscreen button several times over rather than an actual physical button counterpart. Yeah, but they're, by that token, though, I mean, the DS has done all right, which, you know, I mean, if, if you look at the implementation of touchscreen on that, bar, I think, it was, was it a launch title, WarioWare? Bar that, there's some, you know, pretty shoddy implementation it's it's you know it's a gimmick, but surely it will sell. I mean, Nintendo are, are, have always strived for this business model. In, well, certainly in recent years, of of trying something new, doing something completely out of the ordinary. And if it's got people talking about it, even if even if they're saying they hate it and don't think it'll work, you know, will it do enough to pique interest to start that ball rolling? Some mugs will buy it, won't they? <laughs> I love how bitter you are about this. <laughs> it's normally me saying about how much I hate everything. Um, yeah, I, I can't. I, you know what I'm struggling with? I don't know if there's more information out there than information I know, but I can't imagine how it's all going to work together, what the what the games are going to be like in practice. How's the touchscreen going to work with the motion? What's does anyone Has there been anything said about games? Other than that, they'll probably be Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. Uh, I think that's all being kept under wraps at the moment. I, I apparently, THQ are excited about it. Apparently, so that so this news article says. <laughs> well, well, that's it. it, it as well. Yeah, it, it doesn't say anything apart from that he sounds excited about it, and that's as promising as it's getting by the looks of it. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I've just realised they might bring Homefront over to the Wii. That's so much. That's so much to get excited about. Definitely. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to be buying one then? Oh, no doubt. Somewhere online, I'll end up buying one just out of boredom or something. <laughs> so you won't be joining me at the midnight launch in the queue there, will you, Steve? I'll come stand and laugh at you. Yeah, but I won't buy one. I'm. 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 I've got to say, I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, the um, well, I'm easily affected by hype. I should say that to start with. You know, uh, my Wii doesn't get a large amount of playing time these days. But I mean, I can't be the only one who, every time a new generation of consoles comes out, you look at the kind of shiny, graphical, lustrous wonder of you know the latest HD graphics on you know the PS3 or 360, and it, it goes back each each generation cycle, and then you look at what the latest Mario is or the latest Zelda is, and just think what they could do with that extra processing power. You know, if if they were made for something with a bit more grunt. You know, I'm, I, I suppose the argument is that, you know, how far can you go with cartoonish graphics? You know, they've always wanted, Nintendo have always wanted to set their first-party titles um, slightly to one side to... to get that stylized look but i mean surely with extra processing power they'll be able to come up with something pretty special i mean even even things like you know pikmin wasn't not the greatest title in the world but it, it used just that little bit extra in the gamecube to to you know um help push the the idea of the god sim no one else excited by this am, am i gonna be the only one dressed up like mario for launch <laughs> I think you're the magpie amongst us, aren't you? I think. See, it, it, I mean, I love the VMU. I, I've got to say. I... <laughs> That's all you want, isn't it? You just want VMU 2, nothing else. Just well, want VMU. It's because always in all the kind of previous generations of console, there have been times where they've said interconnectivity, you know, that it was always about hook this port portable system up to you know the the main console and you know you can do things that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to do just in the main game and it it was at least you know Sega were pushing elements of that with the Dreamcast and then it just seemed to kind of die away this whole idea of interconnectivity just um you know Sony just pushed things like home you know online connectivity everything yeah. is based around you know almost this big cloud of information out there rather than something that's tangible, something that's in your hand. Whereas if, you know, I mean, if they can find a way to integrate a screen and the controller 
to actually add something to the games. I, I, damn it, I'm genuinely excited about it. Wasn't wasn't that meant to happen with uh, with with Wii though? Didn't didn't they start talking about uh, you you being able to hook up your your DS and so on and so forth and do similar things to it? I, I'm sure they 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 said that around launch, but it just it never seemed to happen. It, it was it, yeah, it, it's it's pretty much been mooted with every Nintendo console. I mean, certainly with the um, with the GameCube, you could hook up and and use you know a uh, portable as a as a controller and that kind of thing. It was. There were, there have been lots of promises that it will come about, but you know, for every DS that you know Nintendo make, there's a, a 64DD. There's something that ultimately dies, and yeah. you know, this with you know with some of the mooted specs. I mean, supposedly, I don't think this has been confirmed yet, but some people are saying eight gigabyte flash, and uh, you know, could use 25 gig discs. I mean, considering. The huge problems they had, you know, squashing things like Ocarina of Time onto a cartridge many moons ago and, you know, putting in the extra content for Majora's Mask and that kind of thing. With a 25 gigabyte disc, I mean, surely they're going to be able to make an absolutely monumental Zelda title. I mean, I'm talking, I I want Zelda crossed with Morrowind. (laughs) (laughs) You are actually genuinely excited about this, aren't you? I am. I mean, two things. I like buying new gadgets, number one. But I also, you know, Nintendo first-party titles, I just think in in a time when we've seen Sega stop manufacturing consoles and, and slowly kind of move towards uh, some questionable Sonic titles, Nintendo really have kind of set themselves apart in trying to continue very much a tradition of of making video games to appeal to everyone and i i'm i just think that with whatever they've got up their sleeves whatever extra processing power they might actually use it in a different uh push it in a different direction than the two you know other big boys of the console world who will almost always go for extra resolution and you know bump mapping and and you know the physics engine and things like that when you see what what user input has managed to do with things like Mario, with you know Mario Galaxy, with with motion input, I just wonder if they might actually use extra processing power or you know a tiny little gimmicky screen, however rubbish or VMU like it may be, they may actually do something genuinely worthwhile with it. Well, I've, I've, the article I'm reading it suggests they might have some cloud-based saving system so the eight gigabytes of storage doesn't get eaten up straight away. But that might just be a recipe for disaster in its own. That if I mean, it could work, but if you have like a cock up like Sony have done, that'll that'll bite them on ass, won't it? Yeah, I think my my, my problem with this is, with with that console would be that it's the same as any other one from from them really. Since I'll I'll buy it, I'll play maybe three games, and then that's pretty much it. And I'm just I'm not sure that I can keep doing that. Um, if they could sort of guarantee that there'll be decent third party software on there, then I would definitely think about buying it. But I just I'm not sure that I can I can buy a whole new console just to play Mario again, you know? Yeah, fair point. And and I suppose you know, the other big question's gotta be, having seen the price point that, you know, the three D S has come out at. I mean, you know, kind of when it was first out, you know, over two hundred pounds. How much is a new Nintendo console that might, you know, have souped up HD graphics. How much is that going to hit the market at? Yeah, hopefully, because because the uh, the 3DS hasn't sold that much, is it? So I mean, hopefully they've they've learned the lessons from that, and it'll it'll come out lower. I know one sale it's made. Yeah, me too. I I can see one right in front of me. It's been sat there for about a week, just doing nothing. Yep, oh, really? so's mine. <laughs> yep. What, <laughs> what games did you buy with it? What did you play? Uh, Got Street Fighter. Uh, let me have a look at the pile. Uh, Street Fighter and uh, the Tom Clancy one. Um, Ghost. Ghost What's it called? Hang on, looking at the box. Shadow Wars. That's it. Sorry, I, I get more mixed up because it's Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Fighter Advance, whatever you know. Um, but yeah, that, that one's that one's pretty good. And Street Fighter is uh, is fantastic. Oh, so the 3D adds something you'd say with Street Fighter? Uh, it does. Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Nice argument. Nice argument. Yeah, it's definitely the best definite one novelty. noise review I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it, it looks pretty. Um, 
you know, that's basically it. It doesn't add anything to Street Fighter, obviously, because it's just it's still on, still stuck in a, a sort of two D plane. Um, but it does look nice. Um, that's pretty much all I can say. Right. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be pretty much alone in that queue buying on launch day, but I don't care. I'm I'll looking be there. To I always say that I'm not going to, but then I, I like I, I always end up buying them because I'm basically an absolute idiot. I'm pretty sure we all said last time that we weren't going to buy 3DSs as well. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll come down with my VMU, Mark, with them hanging out in the queue. <laughs> Sweet. I've, I've got to get a new battery so I can show you my super-powered KO. <laughs> Made by enthusiasts for enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie! Thanks. This is the AV podcast. Right, so from one new console to a new peripheral from Sharkoon, better known for many for their golf ball style PC fans, as loved in HT PCs up and down the country, including mine. Two new headsets. I've been looking at the Ecstatic SP, which is a PS3 360 PC all-in-one solution. And Manny, you've been looking at the, what was the title uh, of yours? It's the SX, so the same as yours, but two different letters. Right, well, there's a fair bit of blurb with them. Um, the usual um, stuff about impedance and sensitivity and the like, but I suppose most of that is going to be fairly, well, not really skimmed over by gamers, but ultimately there's really one litmus test for them, which is going to be, are they comfortable? And does the sound really work with games what were your thoughts on the sx there manny uh in terms of comfort uh they're, they're not too bad definitely not the best ones that i've used but they 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 can sort of sit on sit on your your head without you know your ears getting too hot um i did sort of find that i was taking them off every sort of 20 30 minutes just to sort of flex the ear slightly um uh but yeah but they're, they're generally quite light um fairly decent quality i, I, I would say um are yours pretty much the same as these, or are they, or are they different in any way apart from that one letter? Um, no, they're they're pretty much the same. It's it's the same general design of the closed cup um, earphones. I, I've got to say, I I don't know whether you found this, whether it was the reason why you were taking them off, but they're perhaps a touch on the small side in terms of the actual uh, general circumference of the cup. Do you know, I've, I found that with most headphones, though, and I just thought it was my ears, but apparently not. Um, well, yeah, they are slightly small. Perhaps we'll be, we're both just freaks, then. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, general build quality, uh, pretty impressed with them, actually. Um, you know, it, it, it's your standard plastic construction, but they've certainly put a bit more, um, bit more emphasis on the top padding. So they... Yeah. they they feel, you know, relatively light on the head. They're not, you know, they're not the absolute lightest out there because they're they're made from quite a chunky plastic. But yeah. comfortable and uh, one of the one of the main things that for me, which in finding a, a decent quality gaming headset, which is length of cable. Yeah, that's always been a, a bugbear with with previous headsets. I mean, this is this is quite chunky to be honest. I'm trying to look for the actual figures, but I can't find them. So it's well, just over. It's just over three and a half meters. So that's that's, that's fairly big. <laughs> yeah, it's it's three hundred and seventy centimeters. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless you're in a palatial living room setup, I think that should probably do you okay. The beauty of that is, if you do happen to get up unexpectedly, you're not going to pull the console off the TV unit. Yeah, I could still find a way. I'm I'm positive. Uh, the, the other thing, I, just uh, just before we move on to it, the other thing I liked about the 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 top so excuse me, the top sort of um, padding bit is there's quite a bit of flex at the top. I've, I must have broken about three or four different pairs of headphones over the years just, just through stepping on them or just, you know, sort of snapping them slightly on, on, on the uh, the top area. I've probably got a massive head thinking about this. Um, but there is quite a bit of flex at the top, which means I, even me, I don't think I'm, I'm going to be able to break them. No, that, that, that was something that I certainly noticed as well because when you've got a little bit of flex along the top band, it also allows you for people with, say, I don't know, misaligned ears, or if you just want to move one cup off, yeah. if you're listening to something else, it just makes it that little bit more easy. One of, one of the main things, though, that I've, I've got to say that I was impressed with this, which was the um, quality of the mic. 
it's it's you know it's a simple um, clip-in affair, but there's enough there that basically you're not you're not forced to sit with it either under your nose and you know as I'm sure many people playing online games occasionally have to have conversations with people constantly spitting into their mics, <laughs> or, or you know terribly far away. It, it's also it's one of these um, flexy bendy mics. Yeah. But it, it doesn't feel like if you keep on playing with it that it's going to suddenly snap, which, you know, sometimes they can be uh, unnecessarily rigid. Yeah, indeed. In terms of this one, uh, to be honest, anything is going to be a step up from the 360 headset. Um, so, yeah, definite plus points. As far as sound quality goes, uh, unfortunately, I, I've got to say, I, I did notice the the perennial um, blight of many gaming headsets, which I I, I don't know whether... You ever fully get rid of it, but that bit of background hiss. Did you I, notice the same there, Manny? I noticed it, but I did manage to sort of get around it actually. Um, if you turn the volume down on the headset and turn the volume up, if you're running it through uh, any kind of AV um, amp, um, yeah, if, if you turn the volume down on the headset and turn the, turn the volume up on the amp, it pretty much goes away. Um, but it, it is there, basically. It's, it's, it's going to be there for most people, I would think, because they're probably not going to be running it through separate boxes and so on and so forth. But, oh, definitely. Um, yeah. I've got a now the biggest plus point for me, which is going to sound completely pointless to most people, but if you've ever had a, a set of headphones, is the the inline controls. Now the length of the cable from the left cup down to the inline controls, which which can uh, basically control mute switch. You select which console if you're using the SP is long enough that it can actually sit in your lap. Now I've I've owned a couple of gaming headsets that unfortunately tend to focus on this idea of clipping it to your shirt, which I'm, I'm not overly keen on, and the the weight of it because on on the on these it has to be said it, it is you know fairly chunky for a control, but it being able to sit in your lap, being having that little bit extra cable means it doesn't tend to weigh you down. What was it like on the SX? It's pretty much the same thing. I'm pretty sure it's the same box. Actually, they've just taken out the switch. Uh, you know, for I, I presume you've got an extra switch on there for PS3, 360, or, or something similar. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite a sort of chunky oval plastic unit, and there's there's a massive amount of cable with it, so it's it's fairly decent, I would say. Well, it sounds generally positive, but do you think it's it's good enough quality to make an impact? I mean, it around the price point that they they seem to be placing them at. I mean. About, I think it's about forty for the SX and somewhere around the kind of fifty pound mark for the um, SP. You're you're moving towards you know the the gamers' favourites Turtle Beach kind of territory, aren't we? You know, it's yeah. is there enough here? Do you think to to kind of sway people away from the tried and tested um, route? Possibly. Um... I don't know. I mean, for 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 the price point, they're they're fairly good. I, I would I would say fairly fairly decent. But like I say, you have got that that hiss there. I don't know whether the whether the better headsets actually still have that. Um, if they if they haven't, then yeah, it would definitely be, be worth picking one that's slightly higher up. I, I would say. But um, no, as, as long as you can sort of, as as long as you can either sort of get around the uh, the the built-in sort of hiss, or you can just sort of not really listen to it then yeah it's i would say they're, they're pretty decent for the right so it sounds like the sharkoon ecstatic sp and sx seem like a fairly reasonable bet for gamers um pretty good sound quality you've got unfortunately the the evidence of the background hiss but it can be negated to a certain degree with um, a little bit of volume twiddling good build quality certainly the the cable the usb cable is is Nice and chunky. I mean, you're not going to pull that out the the inline controls or anything like that if you happen to kick it. And just generally, fairly decent set of gaming headphones. People might want to take note um, if they're going to plug it into a PC or anything else. You do have to have the USB lead plugged in because they are they are powered basically, which means that you can't just plug them in and use them as a as a regular set of headphones, uh, which may or may not be a a, a selling point possibly. Good point. And also on, on that tack, I do believe someone has in fact tried them with the Wii and they are do work with that as well. So it seems like um, generally a good multi-purpose set of headphones. 
So that's the Sharkoon Ecstatic SP and SX. Final verdict, pretty good value for money, a good, certainly a good little upgrade if you're just coming from a regular pair of headphones or you're just using the Xbox 360 standard headset and mic. You're listening to the AV Podcast. Oh, worth it. Totally worth it. Right, moving on to perhaps the biggest game in the month since we've last been online, Portal 2. Very much loved. Uh, started out almost as a bit of a, a kitsch title for many, but gained notoriety when it was bundled in with the orange box. What are our thoughts? Is it the sequel that we all wanted or have some gamers' gripes? been justified well i think it's everything and more that everyone expecting to be honest i mean i'm i'm i'd push to find anything major that's actually wrong with it i mean there were one worry that it were going to be a glorified bit of xbox live arcade title or psn release but i think it actually fully justifies the 40 pound to be honest i mean it, it's a standalone title it builds on everything that it did before i mean it doesn't have the same sort of, you know, excitement that you had with the first time you played it because obviously the premise is more or less exactly the same. You fire a portal and another one, then you walk through it because, I mean, there's still a little bit of excitement when you go into a room that's physically impossible to get out of in reality, but then you actually get out of it using the portals. But there's new features like, I mean, are we all right to talk about the new features? Are we all right on... Yeah, I think we're all right to talk about new features. Yeah, I mean, they've got the the new like goo elements where there's one that makes you go faster and one that bounces and then you can transport light bridges through and then there's also the lasers that you have to fire into like to open doors and stuff. I mean it's it's just I mean like I say there's just very little wrong with it. I mean I've I've loved every minute that I've played with it. So it sounds very much like you prove they've stuck by the the sci fi kind of principles that they laid down in the first. Oh yeah definitely I mean I've even read somewhere that when they initially brought the idea of Portal 2 to the table, that they were going to get rid of the idea of the portals. They were going to do something completely different, but, I mean, that would just, in my opinion, that would just completely ruin the whole sort of the franchise and just what it's all about, to be honest. Yeah, I I loved I loved every minute of it. I'm getting towards the end of the co-op uh, mission at the moment, and I've finished the single-player and I can't remember the last time I enjoyed anything this much and felt this positive uh, about a game. I mean, I think there are easy... I mean, there are little things that you can criticise if you're really looking. There are quite frequent loading times, but they're short, you know. And um, I think that overall, if you take the single-player campaign, possibly the out-and-out -out puzzle element of Portal 1... Um, it might have had slightly better puzzles, perhaps, but certainly the co-op, um, the, the co-op uh, levels are rooms are fantastic in Portal 2, and they are just pure, pure puzzle rooms, and they're great. But I think one of the things that really excited me about this game was it really shows that when the developer puts that much time and effort into the the scripting and the acting and getting the right people in to do the job, it really adds something to a game. And I think that there's a lot of developers out there could really learn something from that. That it's not just about throwing together a good mechanic and having whatever you need around it. There's something in there. There's value in there and having good quality writing as well. Because I found, even though it's not the greatest story in the world, I really found it did pushed me on to see what happened next and what was said and I laughed out loud a few times and that hardly ever happens in games likewise yeah I would I would say I, I the the character of, uh, of Wheatley was the one that I was I was really sort of worried about because I, I do like Stephen Merchant but you know I, I can't really hear his voice without thinking of, of, of him yeah. um, but after about 35 maybe maybe 40 minutes I, I was just totally sold on it um, yeah I think his character is definitely one of the best ones in, in any game I, I would say um, I would say it's probably between him and uh, is it Cave Johnson? Yes, yeah. Later on, yeah. yeah I mean, that character was just fantastic. I mean, I don't think I've ever laughed as hard um, uh, in in any game. Um, I, I, I would I would uh, say. But I mean, what about some of the the gripes of gamers? I mean, we all know that internet message boards tend to breed a certain amount of complaining sometimes from some elements, but I mean, there were there was, well, there, there's been a key section of gamers who felt that this was perhaps a bit too short. Is that a criticism that holds up? 
No. I, I thought it was the perfect length, to be honest. I mean, uh, I maybe clocked through it in about seven or eight hours, which is sort of standard standard fare now, isn't it? And then you've got the co-op campaign on that, on, on, on top of that, which is a good sort of three or four hours. Then you've got free DLC coming out as well. So I I don't know. I, I think that's that's pretty false, to be honest. Not, not not sure about you guys. Do you do you guys think the same? I or? feel the same. There's two types of people in this world: people who people who debt portal and people who don't. And the ones that don't, I don't want to know about. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Straight from the message boards. Mm. <laughs> no, but like they're saying, it's it's basically like two games, isn't it? That even the co-op and the single player have both got different stories. So, like you say, the single player take like seven hours and the co-op is four hours i mean there's there's two stories that'll keep you going i mean although the two main characters in the co-op don't talk glados still like taunts them and makes them feel the belittles them so you're always trying to outdo her so you'll always feel like you're trying to push yourself so i don't even if it is a bit short it's not like you won't enjoy it it's not like it's an unenjoyable like eight to ten hours of playing it's it i mean i, don't, I loved every minute of it so it, I felt every minute of it were worthwhile, even though when, you know it could be short. When mm. when I play a game, I'm, I don't feel like I'm paying money for the quantity. I'm paying money for the quality, and part of that quality is how much you're getting as well. But I think my the money that I paid for that game, my thirty-two pounds or whatever it was, more that I would I would have paid more than that for that game if I'd have known beforehand how good it was. You know, I just think it's well worth every penny, and I, I think everyone should play it. I think it's a real great game to show to non-gamers. Coming back to our conversation earlier, you know, negative press and all that. I think it's a great game to show to non-gamers to say, this is what this medium can do. Yeah, I'd com- I completely agree. I mean, it's it's still very much unique in the marketplace. I mean, if, if you look at the impact it made and, and just what a following it's got, it, it's pretty hard to think of anything else that's got the same level of humour and, you know, physics-based puzzles and you know that kind of incorporates you know, first-person shooter dexterity and also has a decent script and a decent story pulling you through i mean can anyone else think of anything even closely closely related something that that equates i can't i can't think of anything to be honest of, of that of that quality i mean do you think regarding things like the length perhaps some were spoiled a bit by things like the orange box i mean they did basically give us so much in one package that suddenly you know what seems like like just a, a well what was a tech demo in that package uh, uh, almost just an addition to half life uh that basically we almost expect that to be the price point of say you know a third of the orange box so so some people weren't willing to pay the you know the 30 40 quid for it i don't see what more more they'd want to be honest with you because it's obviously it's it's obviously a spin-off of the orange box you know from half-life so it's a completely different story i mean they're even offering free dlc for when it actually is released so i don't see what else they can't do to please people because they could easily charge five six hundred microsoft points for 10 more challenge rooms but they're giving it for free so i don't see what you can grumble about because i'm like ben if, i'm i'm happy we're paying 40 pound for it easily so i mean if you you're a pc everyone. if you're on the pc you can buy it through steam um you can buy that valve complete pack so you get everything by valve for 50 pounds including portal 2 you know left for dead left for dead 2 team fortress all the half lives all of that stuff 50 quid yeah, and then also if you factor in the PS3 version, um, if you buy that, you get a free copy of the Steam version. So yeah. obviously that's not a great amount of use. Well, actually, it, it's probably probably quite a bit of use now that uh, the uh, that uh, PSN's down. Um, maybe, maybe that was some some crafty marketing there, possibly. <laughs> sure. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it is good value, definitely. I mean, if you think about if you think about shooters that come out and last maybe four or five hours, no one ever really complains about them. Um, so if you're looking at a, a you know a, a first-person puzzle game that lasts you eight to ten hours, then you know with all the rest of the stuff on top, it's, it's, there's not really any kind of uh, argument there. I, I, I wouldn't say personally. Do you know what? There's one other say, thing. Sorry, Tom, Mark. Sorry, can I just say for legal reasons, Manny was not implying that Valve hacked the PS. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally was. No, I was. <laughs> all I was going to say was I think um, this is the first time I've ever 
played a game through, finished it, and been immediately excited about the DLC. And this is before they'd announced it was even coming out, let alone it was going to be free. But I was just, I, I didn't feel cheated by the length. I felt like I've done that. That's great. I can't wait to see what they do with the DLC with this. I know they've they've said it's going to be free, but did they say it was going to be free across all three platforms, or have they just done the usual Valve thing where it's going to be free on PC and then you'd have to pay for it on 360, etc.? Have they have they clarified that? I assumed it was cross-platform free. Yeah, that's that's what I thought as well. I'm just I'm not sure. That seems to be the standard, isn't it? They they give things that free on PC and then you have to pay for them on the on on consoles. But just checking now. Uh, apparently, yeah, it says yeah, it's going to be free across all three. Excellent. Right. Oh, good. Superb. But I've got to completely agree about the length, though. There is this kind of school of thought that value comes from a longer game. But I don't know about you, there are there are some games that almost outstay their welcome. They can be great for, you know, eight to ten hours, but you don't really want them lasting, you know, 20 hours, 30 hours. Ultimately, you know, you don't want them pushing into RPG territory. Ultimately, you know, this is a this is a puzzle game. It it could get it could get stale quite quickly. But if if they're going to kind of elongate that into a full length game, they had to keep you know the fresh script. You know the voice acting's good. You know you've got Stephen Merchant, so it's still kind of slightly geeky, even if they've gotten rid of the cake. Um, they've had to mix all these elements together and keep it at a nice length, so that when you finish it. Uh, completely agree with what ben said absolutely you know really dying to see what happens with the download content whereas with 99 percent of games when i finish it i'm the reward is actually finishing the game and then you know i'm pretty much done with it any download content i I, I rarely take much notice of but this is a case where i'm really interested to see what they come up with i also think without any spoilers at all i think the ending was perfectly judged and i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah it's really it's not possible to talk about is it at all you, you, you can't even really sort of talk 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 around it without without uh giving away some something major but yeah it, it, was, it was fantastic there there's there is one moment that is just brilliant um obviously we, we can't talk about it not yet anyway maybe two or three months so i take it then there's barely a bad word to say about portal 2 between us no 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 Right, well, I think that pretty much wraps things up then. That's a definite thumbs up for Portal. Players looking for a decent headset could do worse than having a quick look at the Sharkoon Ecstatic SP and SX. PSN network going down. Will we ever see it online again? Probably. And maybe Sony don't deserve the kicking they've gotten. And a new Nintendo console's on the horizon. So all that remains for me to do is to thank Steve. Ben and Manny, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. This is Mark Bottright. Thank you for listening, and we shall see you again next month. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.